you for tuning in to another episode of That's the Truth. Hello and welcome. I hope you are blessed. I hope you're doing well. I would like to thank everyone who has shared and is supporting the podcast on social media. That really extends the reach of the podcast, and I am extremely grateful for that. If you have not yet subscribed, go ahead and do so so you won't miss out on anything. If this is the first time with us, our goal is to learn and grow together and get one step closer in becoming who God has intended us to be so we can effectively make an impact in everything that we do. I'm excited to share with you today's topic, so let's jump right into it. Today, I want to share with you five ways how comparing yourself limits your potential. Five ways how comparing yourself limits your potential. It is to no surprise that mental illness across America has dramatically increased over the years. There are many reasons for that, and many variables play a role and factor into this. Studies have shown that prior to the pandemic, nearly 20% of adults experienced a mental illness and is equivalent to nearly 50 million Americans. Additionally, reports show a growing percentage of young people in the U.S. live with major depression and 60% of them do not receive any mental health treatment. So with social media being one of the main powerhouses of self-promotion, everyone else's interests and whereabouts are truly at our fingertips. At any point in time, you can see where anyone is, what people have posted up. You have the access to see what everyone is up to. So consequently, this leads to a tendency that I would categorize as human nature. Due to the availability of social media platforms, we can publicly see what everyone is up to, what everyone is doing, what everyone is interested in. The reality is that a lot of what we see can be misinterpreted. It is very likely that we have been tempted to compare ourselves to someone else's accomplishment or weekend highlight, trendy lifestyle, or have been tempted to level up to them. The thought has maybe or possibly crossed our mind at some point or another. Allowing ourselves to fall into any level of comparison can affect our mental state, altering our mood, the way we perceive ourselves and our own lives. Here are five ways how comparing ourselves limits our potential. Number one, comparison will make you question your purpose. Comparison will make you question your purpose. Have you ever seen someone's post or story and thought maybe, well, that must be nice. If only I was that privileged. Maybe you thought, I wonder what it would be like if that was me. Why couldn't I have been born into that scenario? Once we're consumed by these types of thoughts of plugging ourselves into this idealized imagination, we begin to question ourselves. I don't know if that's happened to you, but it's happened to me before. And I've caught myself and I've had to take a few steps back and just reanalyze, maybe take a few, a few days off social media, just refresh my mind. We can go as far as even questioning our purpose in life. It can lead us to some very dark thoughts. I have been there in that place. I have been there before and I've had to really step back and reanalyze and see the big picture. We could even give up on our current plan in life, forgetting what we already have going for us just to go attain what our mind has led us to believe. Questioning the season our life is in or considering that we have done it all wrong will always settle us with discontent, unhappiness, and feeling depressed. We can overlook the fact that it all started with a simple question after scrolling through social media. Comparison will make you question your purpose. Number two, 
Comparison will make you feel the need to compete. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in this position before, but comparison will make you feel the need to compete. And the truth is, is that oftentimes we won't even realize that we're competing with someone else until we catch ourselves. Oftentimes, our first thought after seeing someone's new car, new home, or recent gathering, for example, will make us feel as if we need to prove that we can also attain the same. So feeling the need to compete can be a byproduct of comparing ourselves to others, and we won't even realize it. That's a dangerous place to be because comparison will make you feel the need to compete. Our pride will tell us that we need to keep up or at least compete in a race, but the truth is that others don't even realize that we're running this race. We're competing and we're running a race that others don't even realize they are running. Comparing and competing with others will remove us from experiencing fulfillment and satisfaction of what we ourselves have already accomplished. We can overlook what we're accomplishing in the moment, what we're living in. We'll overlook that and forfeit that because we're competing and comparing ourselves with others. And that takes away the fulfillment and satisfaction of where we currently are. That can cause the need for some type of validation. So comparison will make you feel the need to compete. Number three, comparison will make you feel confined in inferiority. Comparison will make you feel confined in inferiority. The problem here is that in our own mind, we will always fall on the shorter side of things. We're always going to cut ourselves short for the most part. We don't recognize how great we actually are because we cannot see ourselves. Once you allow your mind to compare yourself or to compare you to others, we will naturally auto-assign ourselves to the substandard side. Repeatedly ending up on the short end will eventually take a toll on our character and this affects our self-esteem, it impacts our mood, it impacts and changes our attitude and it really drags us down. Comparison will eventually lead us to feeling inadequate and confined in inferiority. Number four, comparison will make you compromise your future. What do I mean by that? God never intended for you to be them. God never intended for you to be them. But he did make you with a unique purpose in life. He uniquely gave you an identity with a unique purpose in life. When we compare ourselves, what we're doing is that we forfeit the greatness we can achieve by simply stepping into a borrowed lane. Instead of making a footprint of our own, we limit ourselves to a replica, a replica and a mediocre version of someone else. The best version of yourself will always be you. You might want to write that down. Remember that the, ver the best version of yourself will always be you. So why be a mediocre version of someone else? Why settle for a mediocre version of someone else? If God needed another person like the one you compare yourself to, he would have made two of them. We must learn to become mentally strong and be confident with our own identity. If this is something that we struggle with, we have to pray about it. We have to connect to God with it and say, God, allow me to see and understand and be confident with the identity that you have given me. The only way we adopt the idea that someone else is doing it better than us is by comparing ourselves. That limits our unique potential. 
So remember this, don't compromise your greatness by competing and comparing yourself. Don't compromise your greatness. Number five, comparison diminishes your contribution. This is big. This is important. Contribution to this world, contribution to where we currently are in life is extremely important. People that know me and are close to me know that I am big on serving. I teach it. I encourage it. We try to practice it in church and everything that we do contribute in some kind of way because everybody brings something special and something different to the table. We were not created to compete or to be compared to one another, but to complement and to complement the gifts of others and to contribute together to this world. As we were created in God's image, we are called to reflect his image, not to replicate the image of others. We are to replicate God's image and not the image of others. When we are convinced or when we convince ourselves to stand side by side to others, we diminish the power of our own effectiveness. We diminish the power of our own effectiveness. Think about that for a minute. How have you been holding yourself back? If you're comparing yourself to someone else, worried about what you don't have, comparing what someone else has that you're missing out on, the truth is you're diminishing the power of how effective you can be. Our purpose is to be led by the Spirit of God and to discover or by discovering God's will for our life. And we're supposed to be peeling back the layers and develop what he has given us in the season he has entrusted us in. Once we are entrapped in comparison, we no longer complement each other. Rather, we limit the potential impact of our contributions to the world. Do not limit yourself. Do not limit what you can offer, how you can serve. Do not limit yourself simply by comparing yourself. There's many relevant stories in the Bible, scriptures that are very applicable to this topic of comparing ourselves. The Bible is still relevant in this day. Psalm 73, the author really explains a moment where he begins to allow himself to be compared to others. And he's looking what everybody else is doing, how everyone else is living on the outside versus the consecration that he has with God. So Psalm 73 and verse 21, he says, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered. So he got to a place where he nearly became embittered or became bitter because of how someone else was living. He felt like he was missing out on something. And I encourage you to go to Psalm 73 and read the entire thing and take your time with it and really look at and put yourself in the position and the shoe of the author and look at how he's comparing how everyone else is living on the outside versus where he is. So later in verse 26, he says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He gets to this point because he learns and he realizes that in God's presence, he finds his identity. It's not until that he enters the sanctuary of God, and you'll see this in Psalm 73. He says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He realizes that in God's presence, he's complete. He realizes that in God's presence, he finds his identity. He realizes that he's made a mistake. My flesh and my heart may fail, he says, but God is the strength of my portion forever. But as for me... Now in verse 28, he says, but as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord 
my refuge. And there's other stories in the Bible that are also relevant. And one of them that stands out to me quite a bit, it's an extremely powerful story. Luke 15, we see the story of the prodigal son. And when we talk about the prodigal son, we normally focus on how he receives his inheritance. He goes off and squanders it on on this crazy lifestyle, crazy living. But there's so much more to this story that I want to highlight to you today, and it applies to this topic of comparing ourselves. So we know already that the father distributed the, the inheritance to both brothers. The, the youngest son says, hey, I want my part. He takes his inheritance. He goes off. He wants to go and live a different lifestyle. He wants to go and experiment the world. He wants to go and have new experiences. He wants his own story to tell. And he does just that up until he crosses this this famine that is happening around him. He runs out of money. He comes back home. So as soon as he comes back home, We know that his father throws his big feast. He gives him a new wardrobe. He throws a big party. He throws the biggest meal down. And it's a party for everyone because the son that was dead now is alive. The son that was lost now is found. But here's what I want to point out to you. The reason why he left, because he compared his current lifestyle, his current situation to what he didn't have. He compared how he was living to how he wanted to live and how everyone was living on the outside. But also we have to note that the other brother stayed home. He stayed diligent, kept his head down. He took care of his business. He continued supporting his father in everything that they were doing. So whenever he sees that his father throws his big party for his brother that had just returned, he then begins to compare his situation versus how his brother was being treated. So now we see the comparison from both points of view. But here's the thing. The father told his brother once he, once the brother confronted him about it and he said, Hey, you never threw down a party for me. I've been here working. I've been here holding it down. I've been here taking care of everything while he's going off, spending everything you gave him on crazy living. I'm the one that stayed here. How come you throw the party for him? So he's upset. He's beginning to experience his bitterness. But his father tells him, everything that I have is already yours. And we have to remember that in the beginning of the story, the father distributed the inheritance to both brothers, except they both made different decisions. However, they both compared themselves to each other in some way or form in the story. The brother that stayed compared himself and said, hey, how come you're treating him that way? He's not deserving of it. I've stayed here faithfully working. How come he gets the big party, the new drip and the and the big feast? But the point is, he compared himself in that moment. But his father made him realize, hey, everything that I have is already yours. He reminded him, you decided to stay here and you have the benefits of everything that we already have accomplished. He made him realize how he was comparing himself to his brother was no benefit to him and was not edifying him in any kind of way. So we see another story of two other brothers, Cain and Abel. In Genesis 4, Cain killed Abel, his own brother, out of envy. Cain compared how God favored Abel's offering over his And this bothered Cain so much that he goes out and he takes his brother's life. Why? Because he compared in that moment how God favored 
Abel's offering. So just because of comparison, this became a bitterness in his heart. It enraged him how God treated Abel different than him. But he's comparing. He's comparing how God treated Abel versus how he treated the offering and how he saw the offering that Cain brought. And he goes out and takes his life. He goes out and this embitterness, this rage, the, because of comparing, it led him to a very dark place. So we see another story of two other brothers, Jacob and Esau, in Genesis 25. Esau sells his birthright for a burger. And yes, I know it wasn't a burger, but bear with me here. Esau sells his birthright for something that was temporary. In that very moment, he comes in from working, from being out in the heat, from being out and doing his thing out in the wilderness, and he's coming in hungry. He sees what his brother's cooking up, and he says, you know what? My birthright has no use for me right now. What I need is what you have right there. So he focused in that very moment because of his hunger. He focused more on what he didn't have and he did not value his birthright, and he decided to trade his birthright for something temporary. Why? In that moment, when he felt like he needed that the most, he decided to compare what he didn't have to what he thought he needed more in that moment to what he thought was more beneficial to him, and he traded his birthright for something temporary. Joseph and his brothers is another story that stands out to me that I think is very relevant when we're talking about comparing ourselves. In Genesis 37, we see how Joseph's brothers throw him into an empty pit. They throw him into this empty well before selling him off as a slave out of envy. They see Joseph with his nice, pretty coat of colors. They see how his father favored him over his brothers. They see how Joseph was being treated differently than his brothers. And of course, this rages his envy inside of all of them. They want to take his life. Then they change the plan and say, you know what? Let's just throw him into this pit. Let's hide him for a little while. And then they say, you know what? Let's just get him out of the picture completely. Let's just eliminate him out of the picture. And they sell him off as a slave. Why? Because they compared in that moment how the father favored Joseph, how the relationship was with Joseph and their father versus how they had it. There can be moments in our life where we compare our relationships with our family. There can be moments in our life where we compare ourselves to the relationship of friends. We don't get the same treatment. We don't get the same attention. We don't really see what's going on in the background and we cannot fall into this pit of rage and envy to where we begin to eliminate ourselves and we begin to make these rational decisions that that often we're going to regret just because we can't see the big picture. We cannot compare ourselves. This will limit us. This will affect our relationships. This will affect our mood. It will alter how we see ourselves and how we feel. So here's another story that is also relevant. This time, it's two sisters, Martha and Mary. In Luke 10, Martha compares herself with Mary because she decides to sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus comes to visit. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, but Martha is more worried about hosting. So she's bothered the fact that she doesn't get the help that she needs. She's worried about hosting, but Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. So she goes off and throws this tantrum and says, hey, you know what? Tell her something. She needs to come help me host. She needs to come help me take care of this. 
So how does she begin to feel all these feelings of rage and envy and, and jealousy? How does she feel the need to jump out and say, hey, she needs to come help me? Because she compares how her relationship was with Jesus versus Martha. It's not that Martha was doing something negative or bad or outside a line or out of line. It's just that Martha was trying to serve in a different way. Martha was worried about the hosting. But why does she feel that way? Because she began to compare the relationship that Mary had with Jesus. Mary decided to just sit and listen. And Martha was worried about the hosting. So here's another one. And this is one of my favorites that I want to share with you. Peter and John. If you know the story of Peter and John, you will see and you know that Peter and John were often comparing themselves. They were often competing with each other. Peter and John were always competing in some kind of way. One of the moments that jumps out to me is when Jesus is resurrected. They find out, they get word that the tomb is empty. So they both take off running to go and verify the story. They verify that this is true. John runs faster. Peter tries to advance. One of them arrives. The other one decides to run inside. So they were always competing. Whenever Jesus is already in the resurrected form, he presents himself to them in on the beach. Peter jumps out of the boat. He wants to show out when he could have just easily just reeled the boat back into the beach. He decides to jump out. He wants to be the first one out there. He wants to be the first one to greet him. So he shows out and he's competing. His attitude is completely out of line. So bottom line is that Peter and John were always competing. But later, and there's so many other references that we can point out, but we can save that for another time. So they were always competing. Later in Acts 3, you no longer see them competing, but now they're complementing each other in ministry. It's the hour of prayer. They're walking together up to the temple. And in Acts 3, you can see this. They see this lame beggar sitting at the door. But Peter has no money to offer him. He has no money to give him. So what does he tell him? Something that really stands out just before he heals him. He says, look at us. Peter tells him, and you can look this up in Acts 3. Peter tells him, look at us. He no longer is worried about what kind of credit or recognition John is going to get. He says, look at us. And he could have said, look at me. Look at what I'm going to do for you. Look at what's about to happen. But he said, look at us. So he's no longer competing anymore. They are contributing to each other. They're complementing each other in ministry. They're supporting each other. So let's review. Here are five ways how comparing yourself limits your potential. Number one, comparison will make you question your purpose. Number two, comparison will make you feel the need to compete. Number three, comparison will make you feel confined in inferiority. Number four, comparison will make you compromise your future. And number five, comparison diminishes your contribution. I want to thank you for joining me today. You can find more content like this in my blog. You can head over to inspired to inspired.org inspired the number two inspire.org i hope this was helpful to you if it has it would mean so much to me if you subscribe you could also share it with a friend on social media if you already have i am extremely grateful for that if you like you can also shoot us an email at that's the truth podcast at gmail.com 
I will leave the social media links in the description as well. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a blessed day and we'll see you in the next one.